0: my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 174, and tonight it's our highly inappropriate holiday show. Jingle bells, jingle bell stuff, I'm up your ass, what? I got nothing. So since current events have me in a kind of crippled place where I can't really watch anything with any enthusiasm, much less tales of torture, murder, and mayhem. We're going to be covering the first nudie musical. So it's an inappropriate movie to talk about for the season and also for the show. But you know what? Whatever gets you through, baby. Whatever gets you through. I've got two very special guests. We're bringing back Doug Shapiro and Trey Dean. So we're going to have three giggly gays talking about a straight TNA movie. So this is going to be something super special. So, so, so put on your Santa hats and, and, Well, I guess not because Christmas is over, but just do something festive or not. I don't really care because the show's going to start right now. Yay! That was weird. Okay, normally I'd be playing a promo for another podcast right about now, but... My internet connection is being extremely wonky today, and my shitty little laptop is misbehaving, so we're just going to plow right past that and get right into the show proper. So for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick, and I'm your host, and I'm going to be your guide for the next two hours or so. Looks like it's going to be just under... And I will be here holding your hand as we take a look at the weird and wonderful world of horror, but as seen through my gay little eyes. Well, that's what we'd normally do, but not today, because it's the highly inappropriate holiday special. So all bets are off. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Except whatever's going to happen is going to be really awesome. Then I can tell you much up front. That I can tell you much up front is what I just said. So... When I say who knows what's going to happen, I'll probably say words in the wrong order, interrupt myself mid-thought, and go off on tangents a lot. I can promise you that. Okay? Okay. So what's up, kids, that your holidays so far have been super groovy and super fun and super festive? Mine have been okay because, well, what's been going on at Scream Queens headquarters? Well, first of all, the big thing is I had listener TJ, zombie girl TJ, come and stay with me for almost a full week. Uh, She... You know was getting past you know she came to recuperate from having spent all that time with her sick mom and so she just came to relax and and you know absorb up my fabulousness and, this and, this. and we had a great time we had a very nice time she got to see the CBS where I pooped myself so she got to see all the fun landmarks of my neighborhood and now she's like wow all well, these things are real and it was weird I discovered when uh bef- that day which the day before she arrived that the the terminal the automatic checkout terminal where the poop happened is gone now they got rid of that one the other two are still there but that one got taken away so i wonder if there have been other incidents i wonder if i left some kind of psychic imprint with my feces on that on that on that automatic checkout site you know i mean it might have been like the grudge you know it just kind of kept hanging around everybody who used it got tainted by my taint juice what yeah. Okay. I said that. But anyway, so what did we do? What did we do? Well, we got to meet her friend, Patrick. Hi, Patrick. I hope you're listening. And we got to have a fabulous dinner at the Blue Friend, the Blue Friend, the Blue Finn restaurant in Times Square, which is managed by listener David Robiano And it was a wonderful night. It's a high-end place if you're in the New York area and you got some money to spend. You want some fabulous food in the Times Square area that's not the fucking Olive Garden. Check out the Blue Fin, especially if you like seafood. I had a hamburger because I'm a rebel, but that's just the way I am. But something occurred to me while I was there. David Robiano, you know him. He's been on the show several times. He was here to talk about burnt offerings and the Blackout Haunted House and a few other things. And I've known him since my days at the Jekyll and Hyde Club. And the thing is, I haven't seen him in a long time. Not physically. Not physically. He stopped by Marie's once several years ago just to say hi because I was in the area. He came in, and he hugged me, and said hi. And I haven't seen him since then. And here's the thing. Like, I've stopped by the Blue Fin sometimes, you know, just walking past to see if he's there. And he's never there. And he wasn't there when I was there with TJ and Patrick. You know, he left... He left word with everybody to take good care of us and stuff, but he wasn't there. And I told you on the last episode that he got me a ticket to go see the Gypsy of the Year competition that Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS did. But what I didn't tell you was that he didn't show up. He couldn't get out of work at the last minute. So I wound up going without him. So now this means I haven't actually laid eyes on David Robiano in quite some time and I'm kind of wondering if I'm being catfished. Maybe David's been dead all these years. Or is an imposter of some kind. I don't know. I don't know. We may never know. Of course, now that I said that, I might disappear myself now. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know how this catfish thing works. But, you know, who does? I guess the people with the catfish show. What are you talking about? It was a fabulous dinner. It was great. and Patrick was a super cool guy. I was thrilled to meet him. And I got to take TJ to City Bakery. What's the big deal about City Bakery? Well, the big thing about City Bakery is their homemade hot chocolate and their homemade marshmallows, which you can actually contract diabetes just from holding the mug. It is serious business. So again, if you're in New York and you want a hot cup of hot cocoa that is worth losing a foot over to diabetes, this is the place to go. shouldn't believe me. She didn't believe me, but we drank our cup of coffee and we stared there at his, sat there staring at each other for 10 minutes like we were drunk, unable to move afterwards. But it was totally worth it. Totally worth it. And finally, the night before she left, we got to see RuPaul Drag Race winner Jinx Monsoon and her partner Major Scales do their holiday cabaret show. And it was fabulous. She's an incredible performer, incredible vocal range. She sang the shit out of Life on Mars, and she's got impeccable, impeccable improvisational comedy skills, and it was an absolute delight. And, as an added bonus, Alaska, Drag Queen Alaska, was in the audience watching, so we got to see her too, and that was great. It was a great, fun, dirty little evening. And, we got to take TJ To Marie's crisis, yes, she got to experience happy hour at Marie's Crisis Cafe. So she got to meet the amazing Mr. Brad. She got to meet guest of the show Stephen Morris, author Stephen Morris, who was on the Crowhaven Farm episode, and it was fun. It was fun because you know TJ's. You know it. It's a piano bar. And they play only show tunes. And we're there for a while. And she's like, well, I I know show tunes. I just don't know the words to any of them. And at a certain point, they played Oklahoma. And she went over the piano. And she's singing along with Oklahoma. And then she never came back. She never came back. Miss Thing was just singing along with everything. She's there doing the Time Warp from Rocky Horror. And I'm watching with amazement. And Bradford just leans over to me and whispers, you've lost her now. She's one of the piano people now. And it's true, TJ. You became a piano person. And that is completely fabulous and okay. Okay, so you're going to have to forgive me a little bit here because I'm re-recording this section of the show from here on out because I was listening to the playback and it was skipping every few seconds. And that's not acceptable. So I'm going bit by bit, reviewing what I recorded for you guys, And trying to recreate it as best I can, but without this horrible skipping, because you cannot be deprived a second of this goddamn show now, can you? No, you can't. No, you can't. So Smoochie the Cat is here, and okay, she's giving me the face. She doesn't want to talk right now, but she is doing okay, I guess. There's still no real word on anything. She's starting on her diet again today, so that's going to be exciting. But we've decided to put the tests off until after New Year's because she had to do a second round of antibiotics because of the infection that she gets on her tail because she can't stop eating herself. So we wanted her to be her to be in the best health possible when she gets this sonogram so we can find out what's going on with her little heart. So again, I want to send out another thank you to everybody who donated to the GoFundMe account to help pay for these tests. I really appreciate that, and thank you for your continued support through this ongoing cat crisis. So. Christmas. Christmas itself was very nice. The night before, on Christmas Eve, I went to a party at Duncan Flaster's house. And Duncan is the writer-director of Underpants Cadeau. He had a little party. And it was nice. It was a nice, intimate gathering. And we played Spank the Yeti. And if you don't know what that is, go back to episode... I don't remember what number it is, but it's the Flowers in the Attic episode. We have the creator of the game on. And, well, it was... A wonderful time It was lots of laughs at it we, uh, we played it for hours and it turns out that Mr. T is probably going to be getting a lot of merkins for Christmas this year and if you don't know what that means well I'm sorry I just can't help you you weren't there and if you're still looking for um, you know belated holiday gifts Spank the Yeti is a perfect one so you can find that over at www.spanktheyedi.com tell them I sent you it won't mean anything but it will give me the giggles And that's a very important thing. At Christmas Day itself, I spent with Mr. Brad. The both of us couldn't go home to see our families for whatever reason. So we spent it together. We had dinner. I got to see Sebastian the kitty, who I'm now cat-sitting while Bradford's out of town. And we watched a depressing movie. We watched Manchester by the Sea, which everybody else in the world thinks is fantastic. And I fucking hated it. Just not for me. It's not for me. I don't like this whole Boston style of filmmaking where instead of actually dealing with emotions, everybody just yells all the time and then they punch each other. It just doesn't work for me, although it did feature barbecued babies. And really, watching a movie with barbecued babies on Christmas just seems like a fabulous thing to do. It seems like a great holiday tradition. I got a barbecued baby for Christmas in my stocking, and it's crispy, crunchy, yeah. What's happening? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I never know what's happening. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. Just go limp. Let it happen. Not that limp. Not that part. Shh. What's happening? What else happens? I don't know. Oh, God. And I want to take a moment to thank everybody who purchased tickets to go see Allegiance, George Chakai's Allegiance, in the movie theater. I had run that special offer that if you buy tickets and you show me your receipt, you get to take over the show for an episode and tell me what movie you want me to talk about so there's five or six of you that did that so you show me your receipts but you haven't told me what movies you want so get on that i am at your beck and call i am your humble servant well i'm not that humble and i'm really kind of a shitty servant but that's really neither here nor there but thank you for help uh, taking me up on the offer, because I think it's an important thing to make sure that a particularly dark part of American history does not repeat itself, as it seems rather destined to do at this point, and that's as political I'm getting as I'm going to get for the time being. Thank you very much. No, thank you very much. I unfortunately could not go to the movie screening, and that might seem like hypocrisy to you, but here's the thing. I talked about it on the show, I made a special bumper for it on the show, and then I was going to do a blog post on it. Before I did the blog post, I checked the ticket site to make sure that there were still tickets available. I said great, and in the time it took me to write that blog post, that 20 minutes, every screening in Manhattan and Queens had sold out. So, sucks to be me, but I got to see it live when it was on Broadway back in the day, so don't yell at me too hard. I'm trying to educate you and shit. God damn it. So like I've said for the past few shows, it's been difficult for me to watch much of anything lately, you know, just because I'm always in a bad mood. Current events weigh heavily on my mind and either, you know, tales of murder and mayhem are not as appealing as they normally would be or I just always have dark thoughts lingering in the back of my head to keep me from enjoying things. But I have tried to watch a few things. And I say tried because on top of all this other internal stuff that's going on in my brain, I have the external distraction of Miss Smoochie. I don't know what it is, but if I try to watch anything after 8 o'clock, she will interrupt me every 10 minutes with some sort of mayhem, mischief, crying, wailing, hissing, snarling, disturbance. So I have been trying to watch the Korean movie The Wailing For what seems about six months. Now, I've been watching it in like 10 to 15 minute chunks forever. Now, the movie's long anyway. It's two and a half hours, and it's weird. It's super weird, and I know I'm having the worst possible experience with it because I can't focus on it because I have a cat. But I'm enjoying it for what it is so far. It's not going to be for everybody, and I don't know how it all turns out, and I probably will not be able to finish the movie before 2019 at this rate, but hey, there's something good and new and weird and different out there, and it's this movie, and I hope it all turns out okay, and I'm not recommending a piece of shit for you. But you know what? At this point, what can I do? I'm doing the best that I can with this insane kitty. The other movie I got to see was... Eyes of my mother. I got a screening from Cameron, Co- uh, screener rather, from Cameron Cooper. So thank you for that. I was able to watch this undisturbed for some reason. Maybe because I had to watch it on my laptop. Maybe because I did it in the middle of the day. You know, when Smoochie's on her nap time. I don't really remember, but I was able to watch it from start to finish. This is a very dark movie. This is a very dark atmospheric, cerebral movie. It's not going to be for everybody. I hesitate to use the term art house. But I'm going to say this is an art house horror movie. And that's not a bad thing. But it will put a lot of you off. One of the things that it does... Is that it will often deliberately skip... The action... That you need to see. That you would normally see... In a movie like this. For instance, the main character... Who is not well. Let's just say. I'm not going to go too much into spoiler territory here. Because it is a movie worth watching. She has a possible victim, over at her house. And things are escalating. Things are escalating. And it will take you up to the point where you said, okay, here she goes. She's going to attack. And then it will cut to well past the aftermath. And the movie does that a lot. It withholds information from you. Not for the whole time. Eventually you will find out exactly what's going on. But it won't happen when you want it to happen. And that will put a lot of people off... It's a slow moving movie. If you're going in for action and thrills and chills, that kind of thing, you're going to not like it. if If you appreciate a more cerebral, thoughtful, um, something that kind of slowly gnaws at your nerves while you're not noticing that kind of thing, then you'll like it. But if if you're looking for a more traditional horror movie, it's not for you. But thank you, Cameron. I really enjoyed it. I can't really go much further into it because I don't know how to talk about this kind of a movie without ruining the whole thing. And since it's not in wide release yet, I don't want to do that. But if you're daring, if you're up for a challenging movie, then check out Eyes of My Mother. Get back to me. Tell me what you thought. I got a tweet from listener Kara C., And she was very excited, and she was thanking me. She was like, Patrick, thank you very much for talking about Buffering the Vampire Slayer. I had no idea how much I needed this in my life. Now, Buffering the Vampire Slayer is a podcast I talked about last time. It's uh, a lesbian couple. They talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer one episode at a time, and then at the end of the show, they have an original song based on that Buffy episode. And It's a fabulous thing, and, and you should go check that out. And thank you, Kerosene, for responding and getting on this insanity train with me because I am addicted. I am addicted. I was watching, rewatching Buffy at this time anyway, because and it just it, it's all just timing out nicely, and I and I love the show and it's great. Another thing I've been listening to, I've jumped on the my favorite murder bandwagon. I love these ladies. They're able to take a subject that's dark and grim and sinister and somehow make it light and fluffy as well as grim and dark and sinister and they've had me laughing harder than I thought I'd be able to laugh since I've been in a shitty mood since November 9th uh, you know their tales of you know gummy bear induced diarrhea and lady pencils it just makes me really happy they're a fun bunch to spend some time with so I highly recommend the my favorite murder podcast and the thing that really makes me sad, though, is that, you know, they have cats on the show as well. They have Mimi and Elvis, and they are an integral part of the show. And I'm sitting here right now, and I'm looking at Smoochie the cat, wondering why she can't do that, you know? Hey, Smoochie. Hi. Hi, honey. Do you want to be on the podcast? Oh, okay, okay, okay. See, see, this is why I can't have nice things. Because I have a cat who hates me who's insane. I don't understand. I don't understand. Why can't you be like Elvis? Why can't you just take a cookie and meow for the nice people, huh? Huh? Oh well, cats. But my favorite murder. Check him out. So I think that about covers what's been going on at Scream Queens headquarters. We got a great show lined up for you. The fact that we got a bunch of gay guys talking about you know heterosexual people with their with their with their boobs and and butts and vaginas hanging out, and we had such a good time with it. I think you'll have a hoot, even though it's incredibly off-topic, but hey, that's what a highly inappropriate holiday show is all about, being highly inappropriate on as many levels as possible. Now, the movie itself is hard to find without actually buying it, which I recommend you do because, as we talk about in the show, it's both brilliant and awful all rolled into one, and I guarantee you will not be bored, but... I want to see if I can set up one of those public screening rooms where we can all sit and watch together. I might do that next week. So please keep an eye on the Facebook page and the Twitter feed and on the website itself because I'm going to see if I can set up a date where we can all sit down and watch it in some form together. And that will be great and cool and fun. And then I also want to have a screening of Popcorn, the movie which is what I intended to do initially, but now I found out that I can... Never mind. You don't care about the internal stuff, but Popcorn will be coming up sometime next month. But in the next few weeks, keep an eye out for an invitation to come watch a screening of the first new musical with all of your Screamer friends! Wasn't Doesn't that sound fun? Doesn't that sound fun? Well, it better sound fun, because it's going to happen. And I think you'll be able to listen to the discussion of it without having to worry about things being spoiled, because hearing about things and actually seeing them when it comes to this movie, are two completely different issues. Because you might hear about stuff that we talk about, and you go, wait, they couldn't possibly have done that. But no, trust me, they did that, and you need to see them do that, because they're not just doing it for the camera. They're doing it for the camera in the 70s, because, and that's a whole other level of grooviness that just should not should, – Well, you know what? It just has to be seen to be believed, is what I'm trying to say. So I'm going to stop my babbling. We're going to play some music. We're going to get down this show. We're going to bring on Doug Shapiro. We're going to talk – with trading about the first nerdy musical from 1977 and you're going to fucking love it cuz it's the inappropriate holiday show ho 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 your mom's a ho that wasn't very nice So when you're having a completely inappropriate holiday party, it seems to follow that it would only make sense to have completely inappropriate holiday guests join you. So it is thrilled to have on the show once again one of my favorite parents, and I hope it's one of yours as well because you're going to have to deal with them anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is the man who put the who in Houston, and he is joined by everyone's favorite scary cat. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Trey Dean and Doug Shapiro. Hey, nice
1: to be here. Hello, what is this Christmas I hear you talking about?
0: I hear it's a shopping extravaganza.
1: Oh, that I can relate to.
0: I say <laughs> that, I understand.
2: So, boys, how are we? I'm all horrified. Well, I'm great. ready for Christmas. Horrified. Right. <laughs> yeah. Are you My okay?
1: Eyes. My eyes.
2: <laughs> yeah. This movie made a man out of me. Oh, did it? Oh, did it?
1: <laughs> <Yes>. Coming.
0: <laughs> so, in case you haven't figured it out by now, the movie that we're talking about is the first nudie musical from 1976. And you might ask, what does this have to do with horror? It has absolutely nothing to do with horror. But for me right now, the world has become horrific enough that I needed a little break.
1: <laughs>
0: this, is, this has got some horror in it. It does. <laughs> yeah. It does. It does. <laughs> Smoochie.
1: Smoochie's freaking out. Well, almost a little horror as well. The (laughs) horror, the horror. Yes,
0: yes. (laughs) There was a definite Catskills vibe to the humor.
1: Oh, good lord, Uh yes.
0: Okay, so, one of you, you can fight it out between you. Give me a 30-second description of the plot. You're on the clock. Go. What you do it, Doug.
1: Oh, sure. Um, So, there's a young producer, and uh, he is a... Um, he has a movie studio bequeathed to him by his dad, and he's trying to keep it afloat by, uh, by doing porn films, and, while keeping his dad off the lot, so his dad doesn't know what's going on. You never see the dad. Um, and, (laughs) and, uh, the producers are after him for one last big idea to save the studio, and he decides on a musical porn. Musical porno. Yes. There is your plot.
0: Well done, sir. Uh, Yep. Thank you. So. I have to tell you my personal history with this film.
1: Were you in it? Was I was. Lord? I totally
0: was. I'm so glad you recognized me. Actually, you were you one of the dancing it's amazing. Of <laughs> shh. 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 shh yes. Don't spoil the dildos too soon.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> um, No, this movie.
1: Spoiled but, dildo okay. was my nickname in college. Now, back, a tough back
0: in the day, children, back in the day when you had cable in the 70s and in the 80s, it came with this huge box with giant buttons on the top, and that's how you chose the channels. there would be a little dial. Now, those of us who were savvy knew that you could get the adult programs by hitting the buttons 3 and 9 at the same time, and you could jiggle the knob a little bit, and you could kind of see them all grainy. And that was my first introduction to the first New New Musical. <laughs> no, wow. I wasn't trying to watch the porn films that were on there. I wanted to see the musical. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I I remember this when I was a little kid on HBO and I like I vividly remember certain scenes in this movie. They stuck with me.
0: Well, there um, are certain this, scenes that are
2: unforgettable. This movie was kind of my awakening. The first time I, I think I ever really saw a penis and it was it was interesting.
0: Okay. Okay. Wow. That that that's a very yeah. serious that's a very serious life moment.
2: It was and and so I I always think of now sex with dancing dildos and a finger and a hat with a someone flipping itself off on it. <laughs> it's well, true. It's a it, good
0: it, hat. It, it's a shame that, the, that the, the finger number had to be cut, though.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fortunately, we have that hat. And there's a whole story about that, but we're not there yet. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about the cast, shall we? Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay, the most obvious one is that this movie stars Cindy Williams from Laverne and Shirley. Oh, that. yes. God and for some me. reason, Doug with it, it was was as under the impression that I said that Sylva, Sylvia Miles was in this movie.
1: Yeah, I was very <laughs> glad that she was not.
0: Oh well, we, <laughs> some of us have already seen her nude. So yeah, we saw the Sentinel. That's right. That's right. So no, but no, no, she would have been amazing in any role, in all the roles.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have no she problem. She could do everything, and anything.
0: But I know revisiting it. I know. I was – I'm trying to – I don't have my phone in front of me because the phone conversation with you guys that I stayed out of was amazing with you guys <laughs> reliving the shock moments and that oh you're God. both just very, very glad that Cindy Williams did not appear nude.
2: Oh, thank God. Yes. I didn't well, want to see Shirley's Feeney.
1: Oh, her oh. boo-boo kitty. Oh. It's <laughs> well played.
2: <laughs> it's, uh, well played. Thank you. (laughs) Because this was done right before Laverne and Shirley, wasn't it? Like, this is... She had just shot the pilot for it. Oh,
0: man. So this is between American Graffiti and Laverne and Shirley for her. So that means Laverne and Shirley, the the characters, had already appeared on Happy Days.
1: That's right. if you look at these credits, um, there's a bunch of the Happy Days, Gary Marshall kind of crew going on here. Like, they've had, like, small parts on each of those. Yep.
0: Well, they were all friends. It turns out the guy who... uh, Put this all together, the director, um, Bruce
1: Kimmel. Bruce Kimmel, yeah.
0: Who plays the director guy, not the producer guy, the director guy in the movie. <laughs> he went to college with Steve Williams and he was working on this project for a decade before it ever came. And in its original format, they had asked one of their other classmates to play the lead role in it. Uh, this guy you probably never heard of named Jack Nicholson.
1: Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. But the guy, Stephen Nathan, who plays, um, um, what's his name? but i can't remember his first name whatever the producer dude uh he's got broadway cred i can guarantee you doug
1: that you Um, have he he was jesus in godspell yes he was the original jesus in the original godspell which brings us to christmas this is topical
2: it all comes back to christmas it all really
0: does and if you don't know bruce kimmel Aside from he did a ton of acting in the 80s, lots of bit stuff. He was on The Partridge Family. He was on The Brady Bunch. I think and all kinds of crazy stuff like that and all the, that old Gary Marshall track. But now he runs – he is the head of one of the biggest Broadway CD producer lines. So you probably have a bunch of his CDs as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's got some cred.
2: So a lot of people in this movie actually did go on to bigger and better.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, – yeah, yeah. Well, Some people. Yes, some people. Some people. But okay. I don't even know how to attack this movie. I think we should just walk through the plot. I think we should as well. What I think was something that you guys said in your conversation was that it it goes back and forth between hilarious, awful,
1: brilliant, awful, genius, (laughs) awful. (laughs) It's like Mel Brooks, Groove Tube. Mel Brooks, Groove Tube. It's just... (laughs) Yeah,
0: when it hits, it hits really well. But then you have to wait a long time do some real yuck yuck jokes, uh-huh.
2: <laughs> which they're sold as well as they could be. But yes, yeah, some of these jokes are just really so damn corny, which is, it makes it even funnier when there's a nude woman sitting in the background with full bush, and they're telling just these hacky jokes. Uh-huh, and
0: paying no attention to her whatsoever. Like this naked woman is completely incidental. Oh yeah, do you see me? I was yeah. naked background, my lady. But the thing that strikes me about this movie is that the music is actually pretty good. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I can I said, I said, I said, Trey Dean, I told Doug that I fully expect to see one of these numbers in his cabaret show. When he finally oh. does one by himself.
1: Hey look, I am fifty in four years and that cabaret show may happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> if, I, if I need to do the most offensive song I've ever heard. Oh, my I, I
0: wasn't line. thinking about any <laughs> offensive ones. I was totally picturing you doing that I want number that, that the ingenue girl does.
1: Oh. And that then, and then is never seen again. I was going to Terribly offensive number.
2: <laughs> well, that's one thing. Okay. I We're guess just show it. Like this movie. up got... the movie combined. <laughs> this movie's got the weirdest setup because it sets up all these people who are going to be in the movie. And then half of them. You either never see again, or they have one scene and that's it.
1: Or it's
0: yeah, it's very right. brief. It's very strangely put together that
1: way. But sure. yeah, my favorite one of those is the, um, the African American woman who's hit on in the beginning and is in the cast and never in a scene in the movie. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Yeah. but you know what? Good for her. Uh huh. Good yeah. for her. She she <laughs> she, she wins. She, she, won. she won the movie <laughs> because she never appeared in any of the numbers. She had
0: dialogue with her clothes on, and she didn't have to get naked.
1: <laughs> nope.
2: But the sort like the ing- you set up the ingenue who gets the role and she has a full musical number, and that's it. Like she was in it- the lesbian bull dyke song, not singing, and then she was in the audience at the very end. But you set her up as a main character, and she just disappears.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, that's because you know she wouldn't take her clothes off. Yeah. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. Just- I'm sorry. I. That, well, n- well. Never mind. We'll get to that scene. We'll get to that scene. Okay. okay. The first scene, actually, I hate.
2: Oh, the scene where they're coming up with the idea for the movie. Yeah, well,
0: it's the scene with, with the producer dude and all those mafioso types.
1: Well, yeah. the one pro- that, that one producer, I just want to kill him.
0: I know exactly the, who you're talking about. The one that oh, was Mr. voice. That's right. That's, That's right. right. That's right. Yeah, that guy. I hated him
1: too. He was, him. So, he was trying so hard to be funny that, yeah.
0: He was acting in the he, back row on film. Come on, girl.
1: And yet the main producer is like, he's actually got really good timing. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And but, he's surrounded by those four, and it could be good. And but you know what? I got to say, I'm a fan of. and Then just randomly, this barely even a dream sequence where it just he's singing the first nudie musical, trying to sell the idea yes. that you know basically, you know, song lands. There's no like beginning, middle, and end. It's like there are tits. All right, thanks. And then. Um, and then a line of naked women just come dancing in the door. <laughs> terrible, terrible hats. Terrible, terrible... You, you know, and gum, girls, and nothing else. Gum-chewing
0: naked women. Gum. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only <laughs> two. <laughs> Only two of the five are, are gum-chewing.
0: Which I don't care. I don't care. One of them blows a bubble in the middle of the number. I think it's fantastic.
1: <laughs> exactly. We need it's, more of
0: that. It, it sets it up. Exactly. We ain't going for taste. We are not going for class.
1: Nope. It's the first nudie musical what a great thing take them to the brink and have them
3: break out and sing the first nudie musical what a success even the chorus for us the first well, nudie and musical
2: and I gotta back up in it for the opening credits have this it's just a giant book and a woman's hand with like a long black opera glove and two gaudy rings and all these bangles on it is like Pull, turning the pages and you see drawings of each actor yeah well, that's name. your
0: standard way to that was a very common way to open a movie in the 30s and 40s
2: okay yes this is movie th-
1: that doesn't take place in the 30s and 40s and that and you know shadows all over that page from her glove the lights the <laughs> completely the wrong place yeah. it's, oh my god this movie was made for five dollars it
0: really it was. was it really was
1: because if you look at all the backgrounds, like as they're shooting, they're against a blank wall uh-huh. yes. on any wall.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> it, I've seen porn movies with better production values. Absolutely.
0: Well, you know, those dildo costumes done. weren't cheap.
2: <laughs> and that crane, they had to get the crane. It was all for the crane. It, it really was. Towards the crane.
0: Yes. So up until like that first scene, I'm just kind of hating it until the musical number happened. Now I'm on board. Exactly. It's amazing the power of a musical number.
2: Well, it, it it does what it says it's going to do. It gives you a musical number and once again full bush, full bush, a full seventies bush. Yes, out girls, I, I needed a weed whacker for this whole movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if we ever re-release it, then it'll be in like the little the audience grab bag <laughs> kit. You know, no.
2: I don't want to have a scratch and sniff. No, <laughs> that was gross. There's something was... for everyone. That was gross.
0: So, uh, Cindy uh, Williams is his assistant. That's her, her whole thing in the mix. And she's his gal Friday. And, and
2: yes, go. They have like no chemistry. They're just friends until they're not. Uh, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. that just at first part of the movie, I'm like, are they supposed to be romantic interests? I was like, no, they're not. And then he just asked her out. She's like, yeah, sure. Let's go. And then they're, they're dating. Welcome to the, the world back. of Hollywood things move faster yeah. they really do
0: they really do you only have two weeks to put this shit up Yeah. one of my favorite sh- lines though, from the beginning was like he's like I don't know but people are tired of licking nobody wants to see any more licking pictures look at all that hardcore
3: crap people don't need to go to the movies to see hardcore they want something new like you said something different and they don't want to see any more licking they've seen enough licking pictures genitalia it's boring Singing genitalia.
1: Yeah, what? What is a licking picture? I don't know. Well, like, not you come genitalia. over, I'll show you. Singing, like singing genitalia. I'm like, the genitalia sing? Because we never saw that. I don't want to see that. I, do you want to hey, see that? If hey, if they can, if they can pull off vibrato, it's a really good movie.
0: <laughs> uh huh. There's a there's a movie out there with a the singing asshole. I forget what that is. Oh, the one that the guys from Devo made, Forbidden
1: World something like that. Well, I thought that was a uh, Jim Carrey. No, Isn't this, this right is an
0: right? actual asshole that's singing. So,
1: oh, lovely. Uh huh.
0: Uh-huh. I could be wrong. I probably made that. And I'll be. Um, I'll be fl- I can already feel my my, my Twitter inbox filling up.
1: <laughs> now the uh, well, congratulations on that. Yes. Uh, the um, one of my favorite parts about that first year. Okay, we're gonna do this musical porn movie. Now oh, we have to do it really fast. You got to do it in two weeks. Now what do we need? Um, sass. Um costumes. Like, really? Well, that's what even
0: city Williams, like, costumes. You mean, like, clothing?
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> that was good. That was a good line. Like, but you think actor, if they're Someone to production... choreograph. Well, duh. Well, if they're production studio, wouldn't they have sets and costumes from other shows?
0: Yes, but they still have to figure out what they're going to use
2: and what needs to be built and what needs to be pulled. <laughs> 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 well, I also like the, um, the movie posters on the background, of, like, Cheerleaders and chains mm-hmm. and all the other movies they'd done; those mm-hmm. those were cute, mm-hmm. perfection. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they only have two weeks to do it because these guys who are, who, are, who have all the money they're like, well, hey, you did your last movie in two weeks. He says, but the last movie only had eight lines of dialogue and seventeen orgasms. This is a musical, but so <laughs> it is know,
2: tough putting on a, a, a new D musical, the really, first new is. D musical. It
0: really, but you gotta save the studio, and it, it's like it's it's like a precursor to Electric Boogaloo. Oh, dear. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. With Burt Bacharach music.
0: Yes. Yes. Electric Burt Bacharou. I got nothing. <laughs> no. I got nothing. So did we go right from that to the auditions? Is that what's happening? Yes. Oh, God, the so. auditions. If I had not been you, sold in the well, movie
1: was, before. The introduction of the characters before the auditions with the with the adorable abusive relationship.
2: Yes. Okay. I got to talk Explain. about that one for a minute. Abusive relationship? Explain. Go ahead, Doug.
1: Oh, well, it's... Um, it, you know, so there's um, the most offensive Spanish stereotype you ever saw. And she's in a relationship with Riff slash Arvin, who, you know, who's just basically, no one's allowed to touch you. Or And then he, like, flicks at a knife. is like, excuse me. And she's like, oh, you're just so silly. Like, no, this is a problem. This is a real problem.
3: I want to see a man about a film.
1: What kind of film?
3: I don't know. Some kind of musical.
4: Well, just don't touch anybody, that's all. No touching. If there's touching, then I'm going to kill somebody. What is this? You think I touch everybody I see? I, you, Arvin, sometimes I think you're some kind of a freak. Rip, rip, look, I'm a tough shit. Tough shits aren't named Arvin. Oh, who cares anyway,
1: you big burrito?
0: <laughs> yes, but apparently they thought a West Side Story joke was hilarious because they kept bringing him back and it really never got funnier. No, nope. Okay,
2: but maybe I, in the seventies it was hilarious. I guess so. But I gotta talk about that woman. Okay, oh. that woman. Okay, she looks. She makes Cindy Williams look ethnic. She's the whitest woman, cute as a button, girl next door, long dark hair parted down the middle. Danica Canova. Yeah. And she's talking like Sofia Vergara from Modern Family. Yes. She's. I. She's got a, a flower in her hair, uh-huh. and she has maracas she brings with her everywhere, and for her audition, she sings like Cucaracha. She, she does. <laughs> Incorrectly. <laughs> While looking like the whitest girl you've ever seen, what? once again speaking like Sofia Vergara. Diana Cordova is Cuban. Okay, she don't look it.
0: Yeah, and for those of you who don't know who she is, she was on Soap. That was her big thing, and I don't know that because I wasn't allowed to watch Soap. When it was really? on, and I haven't seen it since. But everybody who
2: watches, it go, like, "Oh, she was on soap." She talks with they just. I, I can't even do her accent. It's it's terrible.
0: <laughs> I can do it online. It's an outrageous accent.
2: It's Sofia Vergara. Uh
0: huh. <laughs> it's an outrageous accent, and yet I love her. I love. I love her. I love her. She's like well, she's, she's great. Just, she's just one. She's one of the you know positive forces in the movie. She's always upbeat with <laughs> no matter what she's faced with.
2: Right. Oh yeah. I wanted to see more of her. That's probably It sets up all these good characters. And it does nothing with them.
0: Yeah. she disappears too.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah she, she had her strange number in the movie.
0: Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. They have their introduction. You get to see their number and then they just vanish. Right. But I want to go back to the audition scenes in general yes. because had I not been on board with the movie at this point, <laughs> the audition scenes completely sold me.
1: Did it oh, yeah. make you joyful?
0: Joyful. <laughs> joyful. Joyful. So joyful. Joyful's audition is amazing <laughs> from start to finish. That's gold.
5: Hi. Well,
4: um, uh,
3: would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, what have you done?
4: Oh, I've done fellatio and straight fucking and some minor bestiality too.
3: Okay, um, well, would you um uh, like to do a little something for us? Sure. Um, thank you, Miss, Miss Bull, that was um,
1: very good. Oh my god.
0: Oh, that was the worst orgasm
2: I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and that tan line. Scales. Scales.
4: Scales. Scales.
3: This film has singing and dancing. Did you bring anything to sing for us? No. No. Um, well, could you just sing scales for us then?
4: No. Yeah, sure.
3: Okay, uh, Dick? Scale. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you, Miss Full. Um, well, uh, we'll, uh, be in touch, okay? Thank you. Bye now. Bye. Well, her orgasm wasn't too bad. Are you kidding? That was the worst orgasm I have ever seen. All right, all right. Let's get on with it then,
1: okay? Scales. Let's get on with it. Scales.
3: Sing scales.
1: I'm like, that's a funny joke. That is a very funny joke.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) it goes on and on and on and on. (laughs) They let it go.
2: (laughs) Well, the minute they said that, I was like, oh, she's going to start singing scales because it's that kind of humor you know. And then when Cindy Williams mocks her behind her back, that was... That was perfect.
0: Oh, I love that scene. But of course, the poor girl's stark naked doing all this stuff, too.
2: <laughs> God
1: bless her.
0: <sighs> oh, but even before that, like, you're meeting the people waiting along. Because apparently you can run a, an ad for porno auditions in Variety. I had no idea.
2: Mm.
0: Based well, on this, sure, why not? There. Sure, why not? But you got to see a little cameo from everybody's favorite 70s guy, Ron Howard.
2: That was Funny. Do you know anything about this? Oh,
3: well, just what the ad said.
2: Well, do we have to be able to dance?
3: Well, yeah. They said bring cap shoes, rehearsal clothes, possible nudity, and they don't want any
1: albinos. This is sag. sag. Sag? I wonder and if that, that was terrifying. Amazing. It's like when I saw Ron Howard outside the other side, like, please no. Please no. <laughs>
2: Oh, but well, Ron Howard
1: back in the day
2: wasn't too bad
1: looking. No, it wasn't no, it's just, but he But Opie cannot be in a porn film, please. No.
0: But if the thing is, if Ron Howard had done porno, ironically, his first movie would also have been called Splash.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. We'll be here all day. Or Happy Lays. Just you know, I'm looking at uh, the actress Susan Stewart, who played Joyful, uh-huh. and she did a lot of work a lot of voice work on Scooby-Doo Where Are You? (laughs) Did she? Did she do
2: orgasms for Velma, maybe?
1: (laughs) Apparently someone named Helga. Chinkies. Chinkies. But otherwise, she was a prostitute for Well, My Lovely*. She was a stripper in *In Lila*. She was a hooker in *Mona the Virgin Nymph*. Usually, she's like hookers, naked people, and Scooby Doo. Where are you? Hey, <laughs> just,
0: That's a full career. It really is. It really is. And she only did, you know, light bestiality. But exactly. Bestiality. What does that mean?
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't only know. animals under a certain weight?
0: I don't know. Exactly and, then, so. and then you get um, 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 Juanita Juanita's audition. That's the Diana Cordova character. We're singing well, Cucaracha, yeah. and I think it's hilarious. I quote this thing all the time. Not only am I going to sing for you, I am going to sing for you. I don't get that line, but I think it's funny.
2: But who cares? Right. It's so random. It makes It, it is funny.
0: Bueno, bueno, bueno.
4: Hello, all you wonderful people. How are you today?
2: Just fine,
3: fine. Uh, how are you? Ready to go. <laughs> well, what uh, what can you do? I do a lot of dance. Well, can you sing for us? Oh, I would not only like to sing for you, I like to sing for you. <laughs> <clears throat> are you ready me piano, muchacho?
0: Bueno, bueno, bueno. Ready, mi piano, mi piano, muchacho. Yeah. And, and like he's playing, but he's he started to get off rhythm, and she's shaking the maracas in his face, and we've been there, Doug. You know what that's like. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs>
3: Uh, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, I'm happy to inform you, Miss Juanita, that you have a part in the film. I have a part in the film. Oh, I'm so happy! I'm jumping for joy. <laughs>
1: Except she didn't do the stop the uh, company and say, "I'm sorry, I must not have given you the right tempo." She just glares at him and shakes her Moroccan in tempo. Uh huh. <laughs> and his name is. Dick Davis. Dick Davis.
0: Yes. Total, total Sam and Davis Jr. lookalike. Possibly blind. I couldn't really tell. And he's writing all the music as they go along. And what little well, you get of him cracks me up, too. Like, you see him play, like, eight notes or something and be like, I'm going to be with you. Bullshit.
1: Like now, I have to give uh, my husband credit for something because, you know, I watched the movie a second time, and God bless us all, everyone. And, uh, and my husband, Sean, watched it with me. While we're eating sushi, by the way. Oh, oh. <laughs> Irony, if you will. And um, and, he, and so when George the ladiesman comes in, he called him the fake Carmine Despucci. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? There is a Happy Days theme to all this. So there is a Happy Days the theme right. to all
0: this. And yes, uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: Well played, sir. Uh-huh. He, there
0: is kind of a resemblance.
1: there is. Well, Italian.
0: Sure. And he was short and hairy. And, could tap dance, sort of. I guess. I don't know. I got
1: nothing. I got but when nothing. He, when he goes over to Cindy Williams and, like, tries to, like, give his numbers. Then, and if I don't get it, call me anyway. And then, like, opens his shirt more on his hairy chest. I'm like, uh-huh. Rico. So you. touch me. Like, I'm you. Thinks it all the time. And it's wonderful every time. I'm like, why <laughs> didn't I try that in college? I would have gotten all of in college. like, touch me three hairs <laughs> I'm you? three you. hairs off key off key <laughs> yeah and it's not often
0: in life or in any movie ever you're gonna get to see a naked buck and wing act I
4: fuck, I sock, duck, and sniff and tuck, all the way The thing to do is turn
1: gay. Next! You know what? They could have stopped the movie there. They like, really could have.
0: <laughs> 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 we're naked and we're doing a hat and gay act. Wow! And penis flopping everywhere.
1: And then the final line Might as well be gay! As if, like, that's the bad thing when you give up. I'm like, oh boy. Oh, movie. Oh, boy, movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: This was a product of his time, definitely.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, it certainly was. Oh, so then we get the ingenue coming in. And I, I love this girl. Yeah. Whose name well, I don't remember. I saw her. Yeah, I mean, she's she like, oh, she's so sweet and she's so innocent. And she really does convey that without trying. Yes. And she does. has that great exchange
1: of dialogue when he says, Are you willing to perform
3: in the nude?
4: Well, sure. As long as I don't have to take my clothes off.
1: Bless her. Uh, Her name is is Allison Cohn, and her only credit is this movie. Actually, her name is Leslie Ackerman. Really? Yes. I'm looking – oh. I was looking at
2: Jane. She's in a movie called Hardcore, and the only thing is the poster has a – Oh, there she is. Oh, my God. That's my daughter.
0: Yeah. And whatever she – before this, she had just come straight – like her, because uh, I watched the making of documentary, which I didn't send you guys. Uh, she had just come straight from doing a play on Broadway, and pretty much walked into the audition. And what happened in the movie was happening in real life. Like we don't have a role for her, but she's fabulous.
3: Let's write her role. She's perfect for the ingenue in this film. What ingenue in this film? There is no ingenue in this film. Well, there's going to be an ingenue in
2: this film, and she's perfect for it. That makes sense for this movie. That sounds what I was, what I was expecting. So life imitated, like odd crazy. imitated life. Because this movie doesn't really have a plot. No, it doesn't. I no. mean, you could edit the scenes and rearrange them in a lot of different orders, and it wouldn't make a difference.
0: <laughs> I hate to say this because I know the kind of road I'm forcing us to walk down by saying this, but there's an odd Muppet Show feel to the whole thing. <laughs> there is.
2: <laughs> oh, there it is. There is. No one's breathing down your neck.
1: No one's <laughs> <You are> breathing <laughs> down your neck. Um, Here that, we is go. My favorite, that is my favorite cinematic moment in all of history, by the way.
2: Of course it is. Also, though, I was reading on this, and it says that the first, the song that the Anjou sings at the very beginning, mm-hmm. it's dubbed by Annette tool. Yes, it is. It is? Yes, yes, it is.
1: Oh, I'm so annoyed because, like, wow, you know, she's got an amazing voice. Yeah. Well, now we know why.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But she that she has this fabulous number that whole I I'm, I'm here in LA the I want number. Yeah and it's and a it's- great number. <laughs>
1: Then as soon as the Bert Bacharach thing starts in, it's got these internal rhymes. Is adorable. Walking yeah. down is great. And then, well, that's quite enough for her.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's probably because she You're had done. no neck. She was, she, had, I loved her to pieces, but she was kind of built like a long, uh, like uh, like, uh, like a quarterback. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, she
0: was. She had really broad shoulders and no neck. But other than that, she was adorable. <laughs>
2: yeah. mm-hmm. You have always, I mean, just. The movie doesn't – I mean, stuff happens, and there's, I guess, a basic plot with the director and LaRue, but not much happens for a 90-minute movie. No. Sure.
0: No. no, We we,
2: we have to talk about about Miss Mary LaRue.
0: Yes. Yes, and by the way, I have to put this out right now, that Mary LaRue is no relation to Smoochie LaRue.
2: Really? Sure.
0: I'm pretty sure. There's no – there is a distinct difference in temperament. Are you sure about that?
2: Yes. Because Mary LaRue is kind of a whore.
0: What you say about my cat?
2: No, Mary Mary Larue was kind of a whore.
0: Uh-huh, but we're drawing parallels to my cat right now and you just uh-huh, I see what you're trying to say. Well, uh-huh. uh-huh. I'm just saying She's that reformed. Maybe... She gave up the life. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> she was young, she needed the money.
0: Exactly. She was in it for the nip. Ooh,
1: cat nip. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um by the way, n- <laughs> nipple is a very common lyric in this movie.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know, you would
1: not <laughs> Because for- with some of this humor, the punchline is the fact that there's a naked person and that someone says nipple. That's uh-huh. as far as you need to go.
0: Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. I like that one number, the orgasm number. Oh, okay. It's just one of those out-of-nowhere scenes, and it's just two people. It's, it's Joy Fuller and that other guy, and they're just they're going at it, and just all of a sudden, some that guy shot pops up 1920 style with a
4: megaphone. Oh orgasm's a short spasm of love sweet love orgasm
1: sure has doing it nicely doing it nightly doing it nicely nightly (laughs) it's <laughs> a short
0: spasm of love. Oh, sweet love. And they react like you would do. They'd them, stop fucking, and do a slow turn.
1: Why well, are you in my bed?
2: Yeah. things. <laughs> yes. I remember that song from when I was a kid. That's one of the few scenes I remember is that that one line. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm. It's an influential film in Trey's life. So I was kind of surprised that when I started, you know, having sex, that there was never a guy in a megaphone who appeared at the, for the bed to sing. Not, Not just, yet. You know, well, obviously you're doing it wrong. Not yet. That must be.
0: <laughs> Great. Now, Doug will Doug, Doug, Doug be traveling to Houston,
1: uh, hiding in a closet uh, and just waiting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Trey. Is everybody happy? Oh, whoa. <laughs> Uh, well, it depends, it depends what you guys are doing. I'd have to adjust the song.
0: Oh, yeah, well, that's sausage. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: or fisting as my eyes missing. <laughs> oh. Gross. I love it. Now my it's friends gross?
0: Are, my friends are gross. <laughs> oh, God. God, God, God. So, yeah, so Mary LaRue is the star of the film. We don't get to see her audition, but she's the, she's the, she's the big pornographic star, and she's coming in with an attitude, and she's got all the bitchy Miss Piggy lines.
2: Exactly. she was funny, exactly
0: and she wants to fuck the producer yes she does she sure does
1: and well Patrick I knew that her lines were like all like all the ones that you threw down while you were doing Underpants Cadeau yes. in my very last show they gave me my own dressing room so it wouldn't have to be around people
2: exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh we have a dressing room it's in New York <laughs>
0: it's not really close to set um no I, I love her scene with the script girl I don't know who that script girl is she's very familiar
1: she is, isn't she?
0: But she's so damn funny. She is. Most of the time when she's the not with talking. Stu- oh, no, no spoilers. Okay. <laughs> no spoilers.
3: How do you do it? How do you attract all of those men? I sure wish I could do it. Well, honey, some of
4: us were born with it, and some of you weren't. <laughs> she's
1: Again, so cunty.
0: Amazing. total Miss thing to say. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> and some of you are not. <laughs>
2: And then there's a director.
0: Uh, oh. Yes, the director. Who is, they've been, they've been forced to take this guy on as a director. He's the son of one of the guys who is holding all the money. Probably the really annoying one. Yeah.
1: Just because so annoying. Oh, it, yeah, he actually is the nephew of the terribly, terribly annoying one that I wanted to play target practice with.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And this is Bruce Kimmel, the director, the, the actual director Writer of the real the, movie. Yeah. And yeah, the guy who wrote all the music mostly and 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 he, he he's he's an idiot
2: oh yeah,
0: he's he's your classic idiot on every yeah. possible level
1: very young you of that uh, that first name's Steven, I think, and he was like in three men and a baby just the sweetest Gutenberg, Gutenberg. he's like he Steve does Gutenberg, like Gutenberg with gene Wilder's timing yes, and he his... is out of this world yes is just impeccable the whole time i loved him well i love him too but i also
0: hate him because his comedy is that kind of painful stuff yeah we're just embarrassed for everybody involved
2: yeah it was watching his was painful
0: until he
3: gets brilliant now tomorrow you're going to be meeting the cast now most of them are veterans oh so Chill. you will's in Andy Devine. No, 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 John. Now veterans of many porno films. So when you go in there tomorrow, you 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 gotta act like you know what you're talking about. You gotta be gutsy. You gotta use filthy language. Otherwise, i got gonna walk all over you.
0: His speech to the cast is fucking genius. <laughs> I laugh so hard. I'm
1: going to use lights and cameras and. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he shows up for the first day of rehearsal. He said, "Go." He's like, "Well, I don't know what to do. What do I say?" He's like, "Well, go read a book about directing." And, and and just come in and, and you know use harsh language, and otherwise they're going to walk all over you. That was the advice he was given. He shows up wearing fucking joppers and, 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 and a beret. <laughs> beret and, and
5: Ascot. And Ascot, uh.
0: the works. I'm pretty sure he had a megaphone. Maybe not. I don't know. In my mind, he does. But it's just this ridiculous getup. And he walks onto the set, and it's like the scene – like everybody's rehearsing dance moves. And it's like a scene in a gun uh, western where somebody walks into the saloon, and everybody in the saloon just stops. Like the piano goes <laughs> – because he looks so stupid
4: hello my name is John John Smithy and I will be directing this film we will of course shoot it at the ratio of 1.85 to 1 using a camera There will, of course, be montages, flash cuts, fade-outs, and ins, and occasional pan, always, of course, using the camera. Eisenstein and I work very much the same way, and he, of course, continues to make great money making pictures. Oh, please, God, why me? Now, as Mr. Scheckler said, we don't have a lot of time. So I will, of course, expect hard work, cooperation, diligence, photography, sound, and color. Shit, we can make a fucking good bitch of a bastard movie if we all pull together and work as a whore-loving cunt penis
1: team.
2: Well, and the speech he gives, I, I've got to, can I quote it here? Because it's perfect.
1: Oh, it was his St. Christmas Day speech, and it made me so happy.
2: It, you yeah. knock Shit, yourself out. we can make a fucking good bitch of a bastard movie if we all pull together and work as a whore-loving cunt penis team. Yes, yes. <laughs> will we'll be using.
0: His face. I'll be. Hey, he I'll be direction. using in the Eisenstein style, using a camera.
1: <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> now, now he mentioned. He mentions that he has a Minnelli style. Min- <laughs> Minnellian. Is that like Liza Minnelli?
0: <laughs> no, like her dad, Vincent Minnelli.
1: Her Dad, Vincent Manelli.
2: Yes. Great. That's why a closeted but... homosexual. What? What? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Allegedly. What? Who? What? Well, and also. Every, the, the first like 40 minutes randomly when we cut to the studio, no matter what day it is, there's always like eight people in the background practicing that one same goddamn test. Step, ball chain, step, ball chain, step, ball-chain. 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 Ball-chain.
1: yes, uh-huh, uh-huh. No and matter like, what anyone does in front of them. Which never no. winds up in any movie that we see. <laughs> no, no, no it, it is at the very end. It's in the last number. Oh, as is the guys it? Are, yeah, as the, as the men come up the stairs.
0: Okay, that's usually when I'm fading number. out because that number's terrible.
1: It is yeah. the worst number in all music theater.
0: It really is, but we're not there yet. So I mean, it's really not much to do. Go like scene by scene and uh, number by number. We've talked about that. We got the lesbian Butch Dyke number, which is a big hit in the Shapiro House, I hear.
2: I love that song. A
5: lesbian Butch Dyke, you can call
4: it what you like, but it's what I am and what I'll always be. A lesbian Butch. That's why they call me Mike. and not Jay nor Susan or Penelope. I oh my
1: god, it was just it was new. about as offensive as you could possibly do without having like a black person in the background picking up cotton going, Oh no! It was just
0: <laughs> Wow was, Doug, you you went somewhere was, with that.
1: Oh well, here's where here's then my mind went here. When I was in sixth grade.
0: Oh, everybody, settle down, settle down, everybody, settle down. telling a story. Yeah,
1: All right, time. Um, you know, the the teacher wanted us to you know learn songs from like other parts of the country or eras or something, and I never thought about this until years later. But there were a bunch of white kids, and we were saying. Cotton needs a picking so bad. <laughs> so bad. I have been on over
5: this field.
1: Wow. And years later I'm like, oh my God, what did we do on those risers? <laughs> in <laughs> this, front of your Oh my, this, my gosh. <laughs> this number made me think of that. It okay. was like, it was about as bad as you could possibly get.
0: But I don't know this the woman who sings it never appears anywhere else in the movie anywhere got a voice of death up.
2: oh it's it a great voice great it's voice a great song it's
0: and i love i love i love at the end of it that she did she takes the final note down the octave instead of up the octave because that's the lesbian butch dyke thing to do
1: and the only other thing that she has a credit for is you light up my life she played a producer
0: well there you go there's several people who are also when you light up my life the movie that were in this film that's, there's a switch for you
1: <laughs>
0: there's a switch for you just a lot so, yeah, and at this point we get introduced to the Dancing Dildos.
1: Ooh. Oh.
0: <laughs> which is the number that, which you pull up on YouTube at a party to shock people? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> people watch it go, is this happening? Is this really happening? We're just Dancing Dildos are we Dancing you see just for you We're just And you think it can't get any worse, and then it does.
2: (laughs) Well, it's also one of the first full, like one of the few full numbers, because all the other songs are like half songs that just sort of end, like "Lesbian Butch Dyke." They get to the chorus and then the song's over. So this is actually a full song. Yes, which made me happy. Yes. Oh right.
1: And the funny Lesbian, story butch, the other if I can go back to Lesbian Butch Dyke for a you, know, oh, like you know, it's go ahead. Butch Dyke yeah, almost like cinnamon toast crunch. And it like, like cinnamon toast it's crunch. In. Cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> crunch. Lesbian butch Dyke. I think That's but why they call me Mike. Mike. And then at the very end it's it's like it's suddenly there's a little bit of magic to do with Steven Schwartz. Uh-huh. Dink 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 and done. I'm like You almost went to Pippin. Why did you not go to Pippin?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I'm I'm friends with with Bruce Campbell. I'll send him a note. Be like, hey, what's up? Why'd you do that?
2: You're friends with him?
0: Yeah, on Facebook.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's a great idea to be
0: Uh, He's a great source to find out what's going on in the music world.
2: That's true. True. And
0: the movie just celebrated its, what, 30th, 40th anniversary?
6: And all these people...
0: All these people crawled out of the woodwork to, to from the movie to chime in on his, his his post about it. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're all here. Oh, my God. All of them are here. Oh, my God. It's all of them.
1: <laughs>
0: and everybody was so happy. To... Everybody was so in love with this movie. Uh, even after the silly little movie there all this time. Even people yeah. who were like bit dancers. Like that was the best experience of my life. And I looked at your credits. I'm like, and you were also on the Brady Bunch Variety Hour and Donnie Marie. And that was the best experience of your life? What? You were living my dream life in the 70s. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well I've really he's trying to turn this into a like an off-Broadway musical and I can really see that working
0: oh absolutely oh it god absolutely work absolutely work I'm I mean, dild- trying to
1: think of who would be the best casting director for that oh my, oh, my
0: gosh I don't know I don't uh, know uh, uh, so but yeah so, 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 so the dildo number <laughs> the movie got bought the movie was done it got bought by Paramount they decided that the movie sagged in the middle <laughs> Well, because that, back then, if you didn't have a laugh every two minutes, your comedy was a dud.
2: Well, I say since this, were, uh, this was pre boob job era, a lot of things kind of sagged. In the middle. Uh, yes
0: yes, <laughs> yes. So they said, okay, we just need something, and he wrote this number in like thirty minutes. We called him like, uh, what, what else have we, we done? We haven't done. We haven't done dildos. Are dildos good. Should we do dildos? Like, yes. Paramount approves dildos. <laughs> so they smacked this <laughs> together, and they said, uh, okay, Paramount will give you seventy-five thousand dollars to shoot whatever extra footage you need, and he's like, that was pretty much the budget for the rest of the movie. <laughs> that's one it thing. It really was, because
1: it was, yeah, because it's the only sort of high-budget thing, because, as Trey mentioned, the kooky crane bit.
0: Oh, Which actually ruins it for me.
2: Oh, the, the, the whole joke bit about the, that?
0: The whole kooky thing with him going crazy on the crane, not knowing what to do on the crane, that's just stupid for me, but it's detracting from the actual funny. You're putting funny on top of funny? Yeah. Yeah. And you Mm -hmm. want to be a mess. But I see what you're doing. You're going for the whole slapstick thing, and it's, again, the Muppet Show. Right. This is exactly what would happen if you're doing the dildo number on the Muppet Show.
2: (laughs) Gonzo would be on the thing. They overcrank it as he, like, turn, you know, spins around really fast.
0: And things I learned is that one of the dildos, you know, when when you have, like, the the domino dildos – Yes, (laughs) Yes, because <laughs> if you're not, the dildo number ends in tragedy because the director is playing around on the crane and starts knocking over scenery, which causes mayhem. The dildos start knocking each other over; it's a big mess. One but of the, the dildos star
1: blames the dancing dildos for not knowing the choreography. I'm like, that was the only thing that didn't happen wrong.
0: Well, somebody did <laughs> step on her foot.
1: Eh.
0: Yes, one of the, one of one of those dildos with their bare feet stepped on her shoed foot <laughs> and screwed her up, and all this mayhem. But one of the guys passed out inside the dildo costume when he got knocked over
1: <laughs> yep
0: and it's the guys, scene that's in the movies like look at they play the scene like look at me look at my feet they're flopping around with like no energy whatsoever i'm out
1: guys <laughs> i have to share that i do have my support team here and you know, you guys were mentioning that someone stepped in our foot but sean didn't hear you say that and he's like motioning to me with his feet clamping one of them on top of the other I'm like we got it sean we're good thanks again <laughs> thanks sean <laughs> <laughs> thanks sean <laughs> look he's invested he's invested in our success podcast forever.
0: Yes. Yes. That's love, baby. That's love. It is. <laughs> Don't want my honey embarrassing himself on the internet.
1: Love love is after 13 years he's still invested in me doing a podcast about the dildo number.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> These things are important. These things are important. That is that is the number.
2: Dildos keep a marriage alive.
0: I love that they had on hoop skirts with no skirt. <laughs>
2: That was weird costume, but it worked. It did work. They're yeah, just yeah. Southern, I'm the, I'm
0: Bell- Southern Bells with their dildos. You know, it's a classic story.
2: It goes together. Now, like,
0: what was it like, with... Like literally. <laughs> and the one black guy, got the one black dildo who got stuck in the back. <laughs> really? Yes. You keep, well, The thing is, I noticed on this particular print, you can barely see him because he's so black. There's a girl who's sitting on a bench playing the banjo... Yeah, looking lovingly to her side, she's looking lovingly at the gigantic black dildo.
2: No, is the dildo itself black, or just the guy inside of it? Both. Oh wow! Is it uh. bigger than the other dildos? Probably. Okay. Uh. Now I want to hear about Cindy Williams and her hat in this scene because uh. I heard this whole story about that.
0: Yes, there is. I just learned that as well. She had already at this point, Liv and Shirley had already started production, so they had to come up with something to cover her hair. So they came up with the finger hat. Which, Which looks like big flopping labia with a big finger. It's, it's an awful hat.
2: <laughs> I almost didn't realize what that was on top of it until somehow I was like, oh, it looks like a cabbage patch hand flipping the bird. I was like, I think that's what it is.
0: It is Ooh. what it is. And there's yeah. big labial folds are flopping <laughs> gracefully around her face. Oh, and she got cow. into a lot of trouble because of this. She did? Yes. Well, for the scene that we're going to talk
3: about next, the stunt cock. Thing. Look, would you get on the phone? Get me a stunt cock, one that doesn't scare easily. Stunt cock? Did you just ask me for a stunt cock? Stunt cock. Stunt cock. Where can I find that? Yellow pages?
2: Oh, that was so funny.
1: Now,
0: first of all, nowadays the stunt cock is 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 a thing in porn. It is. It is a <laughs> real thing.
1: Is that something you do on the side, Patrick? Is no, that no,
0: no, 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 no. But this, I just learned from, you know, people, you know, from books that I've read on the subject, you know, <laughs> um, that, yeah, that now it's an industry term. But this is the first time it was ever said anywhere.
2: Wow. But This movie is full of firsts.
0: <laughs> yes, it really was. It really was. <laughs> but, by this point, Laverne and Shirley was in production, and the movie came out, and first of all, all the tabloids are screaming, Shirley Feeney's in a porno. And it was all this filthy mouth, Shirley, and it was all about this line about her calling for the stunt cock. She got in a lot of trouble for that from tabloid press, and who
1: cares? Yeah, and somehow it's, it's her fault. It's her fault. People are awesome to women. Uh-huh. They yeah. really
0: are. They really are. But yeah, this this uh, Mary degrades her male scene partner to the point where he can't perform anymore. He won't perform with this, so they have no choice but to call him the stunt cock.
2: Yeah. Here.
0: I wouldn't work with this bitch if my life depended on it. Get yourself another penis. Who is and,
2: amazing. And I don't know if it's funny or not, but, like, we never actually see the penis. All we see is everyone's reaction to it. Which is better. And that's if, comedy. That's, that's
1: comedy. That's done well.
0: The There's the scene, I don't even know who's talking, but the script girl is off in the back, and her face is just locked. <laughs> <laughs> Like she she's is? She's gone catatonic, just staring at the, at the mechanic penis. That never goes down. Nope. There's something wrong with my metabolism. I always have a
1: permanent yep. erection. And he's saying it while he's having sex with the star.
0: Well, I just yeah. love that whole scene because he's just – so, it's like there's nothing sexy about it because she's it's, 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 it's just thrusting and he's – his toothpick. hat and his sunglasses on the whole time and he's smoking the entire He's so time. bored.
1: <laughs> he's so he's bored. Or was it a toothpick? I'm not sure which is which.
0: Oh, I thought it was a cigarette. <laughs> That would have been he terrible did. if it was a cigarette. So he
1: does it eight hours a day. Uh huh.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> you know, a cigarette out. Out. It was a really long-lasting cigarette, so I guess it would make sense if it was a toothpick.
1: That man is still working. Yes,
0: he
2: is. Wow.
1: Yeah, he's he got can... a, he's got three credits in 2016. God bless God bless, his cock.
2: He really well, does done. have staying power,
1: Mister Slung. Uh
2: huh.
0: And if I can go back to the dancing dildos. Yes, and a uh, sure. tidbit of information is sure. three of the dancing dildos are now the, some of the leading casting directors in L.A. And according to Bruce Kimmel, the quickest way to get yourself kicked out of an interview is to bring that up.
2: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Don't bring that up in your first interview with them.
2: So I heard Whoa. you're a real dildo.
0: Don't do it. If you think you're going to get in on the dildo, you're not. That Don't is- ride that dildo <laughs> train to start him. It's not going to happen.
1: The dildo is not your entry point.
0: No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 Oh, no, I just love everything about the stunt cock. And poor Juanita, Juanita, he was just so big. Just so so
1: big. big. It was just Been so abusive.
3: big. He was just so big. He was just
4: so big. Yeah, well, you got someone better, right?
1: All oh, right.
3: right.
1: <laughs> but he was just so big. He was just so big. An abusive relationship, this <laughs> guy pulls her away he's like but so big <laughs> cause abusive boyfriends no great, no so
6: no, no it's not so but it was just so big,
2: big. well and the boyfriend always looks like, like he wants to be Marlon Brando with a rat pack but then he like carries a chain around with him like to threaten people with I just I got it but it wasn't funny no it wasn't funny
0: but they committed to it and he stuck to it so bless he his heart hooray there was a scene that was missing on this version that's on my VHS version oh no where him and Juanita decide that during downtime to make their own scene, and it's a scene with a plumber, and it's terrible. He didn't miss anything. <laughs> you can say that about half
2: this movie. Oh, my God.
0: Yes, but sometimes it's so terrible you, like, learn something about your own life from it. <laughs> like, my life must be going okay because that never happened to me.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: I didn't wind up in a nightclub dancing around with dildos on my head. Singing perversion, it's always the same.
1: Now I did, uh, I was in a show where I had to like uh, crawl around all over young women, um, singing "I wish I had a vagina." That was crazy headspace. Um, so I did do that. Wait, what? Wow. Yeah, one of them became one of my first clients. Oh. <laughs> Look, you wait what? Your however you can.
0: <laughs> wait. So Put breaks. Breaks. The plane breaks. Wait, what you lost it's me and I weird. want a vagina. You were crawling around singing I want a vagina and I don't know what happened after that.
1: Uh, that was basically what the song is about. Um and actually this this musical does sort that I worked on kind of the, ties into this movie a little bit in another way. Um all right, so basically it was um Every psychological disorder from A to Z, so there are twenty six oh, okay. numbers in it. Um, w was w- just a picture of Woody Allen, by the way, which is brilliant uh, <laughs> but uh V was vagina envy. oh, okay, so it's just something okay. wish I had a vagina crawling all around and um but the other thing was, you know in the opening number of this one, where yes. you know, like um the uh, uh, Dick Davis is teaching the music, it's like, here's how it goes. Blah, 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 blah. No, sing. Like, no one's got any music or anything like that.
0: Because uh, he's writing it right then. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to be teaching the music, the songs as I write them. <laughs> so what I've happened- been in that show. It's not a good place to be.
1: <laughs> well, during this rehearsal process, like, he sent, a, the music director sent us um, recordings of, you know, of just him singing all the parts. Uh-huh. And there was no, like, we got no sheet music or words or anything. And then we get there the first day. He says, all right do the song, and it just happens that this cast was so incredibly talented that each of us had just happened to choose a part in exactly the right proportion, sang it, nailed it, and he's like, alright, good. And I'm like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. You do not get to think that this is the way things go.
0: No, no. This, <laughs> you, this is not normal.
1: This was a miracle. You were not allowed to do this again.
0: <laughs> no, we at least get snacks out of this. Oh my, oh High snacks, quality snacks.
2: I love
1: snacks.
0: Snacks are the best. Oh,
2: so I was- Telling Doug earlier, like there's so many actor jokes that just went over my head, but you, you knew the people doing this that like there were so many little jokes that would hit a very select group of people.
1: Oh I've studied with oh. Strasbourg and oh. I don't need Going this.
0: Going back to the dildos, I refuse to go on until these dildos learn their steps.
4: I'm an actress, I've studied with Strasbourg and I don't need this <laughs> shit. I will not do this scene until these damn dildos know their steps. I am an actress. I've studied with Strasberg and I don't need this shit. I'm going to my dressing room.
0: Strasberg is a very famous studio, Drake. Right. Yeah. So she studied with Strasberg to do porn? I, <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got to get on your voice. Strasberg, the actor studio. You know the inside the actor studio? Yes, the TV show. That's the Strasberg Studio.
2: Okay, I know who Lee's. I've heard of Lee Strasberg.
0: Uh-huh. And Susan Strasberg, his wife, did a ton of shitty horror movies in her time
1: oh my god, now I totally need James Lipton to be sitting down with one of these <laughs> actors and be like, and then you did the first nudie musical. Yow, <laughs> yow. Yow. You
2: did the orgasm, and you thrust your pelvis high while you were yes joyful. Needs,
1: sex. He needs to interview Joyful. Oh yes. god,
2: she's, she's a gift. <laughs> she's a gift. I'm, she, she should have been in the movie more she was one of those ca- characters that was just really underused
1: criminally underused she was in bed she did the, oh but she had that great scene where uh, uh, where she came to ask the director a question
0: oh yeah and he can't uh, look at her because she's nude
1: And oh, but brilliantly timed just so well timed by him it was so good
2: and there was a cute running gag where the, the producer decides he doesn't have to take over directing so he always has the director go out to get donuts for everyone yes and then yes. you see, like towards the end, just a mountain of donut boxes. Yes,
1: yeah, not so good for someone on Weight Watchers. I'm like, give me the donuts. The no, nuts. really,
0: not for good for people in porn either. It's not. <laughs>
1: no. Yeah, that was also a poor choice. Should be like kale chips. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't think kale had been invented in 1976. Excellent point.
0: Yes. Um, what was I going to say? I don't recall. I don't
1: when know. he when he sends when he sends him away for one final time to the amazing place. Oh. Uh,
0: yes, they send him to Wanda's. Because they can't have them go I to donuts say, anymore.
1: Mistook, which, by the way, I mistook because I thought he said Wendy's, oh. which means <laughs> Wendy's being like a prostitute place even better.
0: Coming, coming back with Frosties like, for everyone
1: red hair with ponytails and freckles. <laughs> I would just, please? No! But I can't have everything I want. You
0: can't have everything you want, but instead you got the best number in the whole damn movie.
1: Oh, yes it yeah. is. Yeah.
4: Hello, honey, what you doing
3: tonight? I haven't seen you around here. You must be new. Hello, honey, what you doing tonight? Because whatever it is, I'm Honey,
0: what you are doing tonight? Is the is a kick-ass oh, yeah, number, and this is tonight. Uh,
1: one... Yeah, and
0: I said this is where you had all the people who could dance.
1: Yes, they were fantastic, and it was reminiscent of Grease Two's "Let's Bowl, Let's Bowl, Let's Rock and Roll." It made me very happy. Yeah, there was a number at Wanda Wendy's.
0: Uh huh. At <laughs> Wanda <laughs> Wendy's, Wanda's. Wendy's Wanda, Wendy's Wanda doesn't really work at all.
1: It no, so... I love
0: that number. Their costumes are so outrageous. Yeah. They're so wonderfully seventies, but seventies on LSD, seventies. They're fabulous. Yes. Yeah. And it's a brilliant and, number. And the one
1: woman who, who was amazing, who I'm praying wasn't Bayark Lee. Who wasn't what? Bayark Lee, the original Connie from Chorus Line.
0: It, it could happen. I don't think
1: it Erky was. Ricky Lurky, please no. don't.
0: I don't. I'm <laughs> sure it wasn't. I'm sure. I'm sure, <laughs> wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't. I have a cat who's starting to act up, so we're gonna start really? wrapping this up. Not quickly though. Smoochie Smoochie honey I know I know you're not getting any attention
1: Have you tried Velcro walls <sighs> <laughs> You're kidding, Splat Splat <laughs> Oh man She
0: just pulled down the whole damn wall then She's 28 pounds <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Pull it down it the neighbors down we like blink dildo
1: it number Uh huh Pull down like a grain through a dildo number <laughs> Exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would not be okay. And really, after this, the movie just kind of fizzles because it's this whole thing. You know, somebody George, you know, the male lead gets a black eye, and they fire oh. Mary LaRoux she's a pain in the ass, and so now there's nobody to do the open, the closing number. So it's Shirley, Willi- uh, 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 Cindy Williams, Cindy and William the producer back. guy decide to jump in it, and for a finale, it's the biggest piece of shit it was number
4: bad.
1: ever. Oh. Oof. Oof.
0: It's just bad. It's bad on all levels. Not even the jokes are funny. Letting me cake, but let me eat you. You. Not funny. And also I'm thinking, watching, like, picturing being in the audience, watching the movie.
1: And they're all going, hooray!
0: (laughs) Hooray! hooray. It's a finale featuring people who have never been in the movie before. What's happening?
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, the scenes don't string together because each music number is, like, in a different time era. And they don't have the same actors so it's just it feels like this is like a bunch of skits like the movie would just be you know the kentucky fried movie but with porn right
1: and that that got me thinking because like i i remember seeing airplane yeah and in one of the scenes where like where they're having that's 70s right am i correct yes 77 i think 78 cool so when you like when there's one part where there's chaos on the plane and suddenly just a, a topless woman just runs across the street, the boobs shake and runs off. Uh-huh. And I remember that was hilarious. So I believe in the seventies, just the fact that they were naked was funny. That's yes. all. You, that's all. That's all the joke you needed. True. It True. doesn't age well.
0: No, it didn't no. age well. But it well, is well, yeah. when
2: I try and tell little kids about how like, how much nudity we had in PG movies back in the day. I always well, talk yes.
0: about that. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, we had no problem with titties in a PG movie.
2: Nope. Or occasionally,
0: man-fight. in the case of You Can't Stop the uh, can't stop the Music, Penis, totally fine.
2: Once in a while.
0: I don't know what the rules were, but are we talking about that? We're not talking about that.
2: No.
0: So yeah, movie ends, happy ending for everybody.
2: Literally. Yeah.
1: And then you they go know, off with that... a Neil Sadako number. They, which was odd. <laughs> it it, <laughs> it, it was just like kind of ends. Barry Manilow. It was like, what, what does this have to do with anything? This wasn't like a... Type of movie?
0: I think that was their Oscar <laughs> this number. This was not Arthur. This was <laughs> their, their Oscar number. This is their. This, is their this, is their, this is one they were submitting for best best musical number. Oh my God. Best song.
2: Well, to me, the whole pairing of Cindy Williams and the other guy yeah, is just so random. It's just yeah. kind of like, oh, he asks her out. She's like, yeah, sure, and that's it. And there's and then now and now they're, they're a couple and they're. But starring in the, the final scene, plus,
0: plus and I love music. that it had a glittering Hollywood premiere and this TV coverage of this movie, of the pornographic movie that's opening. <laughs> I realize it's the '70s. Yeah, it's the '70s, and deep throat became a thing,
1: exactly, like a
0: mainstream thing and stuff. But and all the people are sitting there in like glittering pearls <laughs> <laughs> and oh, tuxedos just, at I the premiere. It. Although I noticed this time around, they're showing the crowd before the movie starts. There's two guys maybe two rows behind the main characters. And just as the movie starts, one of their head pops up out of the other one's lap.
1: <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You can barely see it. How glorious. You can barely
0: see it. glory is. Thank you. Thank you.
2: So that's pretty much the first nudie musical. And the last nudie musical, as it ended up being. But it <laughs>
1: 100... really, really did make me think of... Is it Poltergeist? She just goes, what's happening? Yes, yes. (laughs) The whole time I was like, what's happening?
0: Sadly, it was not. It was not because there has been several pornographic musicals since then.
2: Okay, but none as good as this.
0: No, 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 no. (laughs) I I saw one. It was called Swinging in the Rain, and I got about (laughs) ten minutes in. I'm like, I'm out. Done. I'm done. Can't. No, it was terrible. (laughs) Wow. Singing and fucking don't go together. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing about this was that the, the focus of it really was on the music and the comedy and less about the nudity.
0: Mm. Right. Which gave it this weird, innocent vibe. Exactly. Given the it nature of everything.
2: Yeah, it didn't seem that smutty.
0: No. I guess not. No. 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 And, and as Judith Chris said in her review, it's the Star Wars of nudity musicals.
2: Well, that well. it is.
0: Yeah. I don't know what that means. But no, it got great crit- uh, critical reviews. It was a decent box office success, so go figure.
1: Wow. Good lord. Because it is so low budget.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So- but it does also have that feel. You can tell, even before I knew this, you could tell that this was something that a bunch of friends wanted to do.
1: Yeah. yeah. Let's get a bunch of friends together and make a movie.
2: Because they all well, kept working together. They were all
1: yeah. in my life, too. You were right. I looked at that.
2: Totally. Yeah. and it, it did remind me a lot of the, of the Kentucky Fried movie. So was that – did that come out around the same time or is that later? Right around the same yeah. time. All, that the tube, the whole thing, yeah. 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 And now those look kind of sloppily put together, so I guess that was a thing. Yeah. Well, also, I guess to keep the feel, I don't know how
0: big a budget you want it to look. Yeah. Too. But then again, some of that was not intentional.
2: Yeah, it was it was. Some of the –
0: because they said, uh, they, they said the, that they lost. They had to fire their editor and the guy who played the lead, Stephen, whatever his name is. Original Jesus and and Bruce Campbell were teaching themselves how to edit
2: film. That makes sense. This movie, so, yeah. yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah, it was as haphazardly as the whole movie's put together and dropping characters and plot lines. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce Campbell was like, "Well, might as well do this too." <laughs> yeah. Well, it almost feels like they did this movie over several months, and so like whenever an actor was available, they had him on the set. Maybe some of the actors are just more, didn't have much time.
1: Maybe. Maybe. That's generous.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trey's known for his generosity, if you know what I mean. Just call me joyful.
1: I, I know I'll be singing about it with the megaphone when I fly to Texas.
0: Yes, that's right.
1: <laughs>
0: Don't be surprised when it happens, because it will happen.
1: Audio, audio, do. Lesbian butch dyke.
2: That's why they call me Mike. And not Jane or Susan or Penelope. (laughs) (laughs) These songs. That's a song I wish went longer.
0: Yes, me too. But then again, I guess always leaving wanting more is a good
1: thing, too. Like, like, this is horrible. This is offensive. I can't believe I'm seeing this. God, I want to hear Leah DeLaria sing this.
0: Thank you. (laughs) I'm sure she has. It's one of those things I'm sure she has, of all people.
2: I'm kind of surprised I haven't heard about this movie more because it does. I mean, this is perfect for being a cult movie. Yes. It's got Cindy Williams in it. It's hard to to get. I mean, it had a
0: re-release maybe 10 years ago for the 35th, which is why I have the DVD. Uh, But there was no release for the 40th, and when I was looking to see how I can get you guys to watch it easily, no. It's not streaming anywhere. You couldn't get it on Amazon. Nothing. So, you know, just consider yourself lucky.
1: Did Bruce send it to you?
0: You're blessed. No, I had it. Nice. Okay, here's the other story about this. Like I said, I had this on VHS.
1: Tell us a story.
0: Yes, and when I was on tour with my first professional job doing shitty children's theater, uh,
1: we (laughs) kept... Shitty bang bang?
0: No, Wind in the Willows. I was Mr. Toad. Let's never talk about it again.
1: (laughs) Let's never talk about it again. Oh,
0: it was bad. It was bad. It was a horrible experience. But, you know, the first job always is. But we kept crossing paths with Cindy Williams' tour of Death Trap. Oh. And we finally were in the same space at the same time, and I went to see the show, and she was fine in it. She was the wife. And I brought my VH copy for her to sign. She was like, this was the last thing in the world I expected
2: you to bring (laughs) (laughs) out. Well, she's pretty good-natured about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. I was just thinking, like, when she had to go back and film, refilm that dildos scene, what did she tell the cast and crew of Laverne and Shirley?
0: I'm sorry, the dildos. <laughs> I've already yeah. contracted to dildos.
2: Yeah, the dildos are calling.
0: Uh, something's a buzz. Aww. <laughs> oh. Hey, there was a kazoo Kasu solo. I, I, I love that. I love that. That's great. Genius.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: the kazoo is when the women press the buttons on the dildos, and then there's a kazoo solo.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So I I agree.
0: So, So, what are your holiday plans? What you doing?
2: Oh. Staying Um, here in Texas, having dinner with a family, and trying not to talk about politics. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. (laughs) Especially in Texas. I'm
1: singing for the Christians, like I do. Good for
2: you.
0: Christian for cash.
1: Absolutely. We're good for that. Got a caroling tomorrow at a steakhouse in New Jersey. All right, so you were kind enough last time to mention the uh, Gypsy of the Year. Yes. One of my favorite moments is, you know, we're doing, like, before the show begins, and we're, like, in that circle holding hands, you know, before before the curtain goes up. Uh-huh. I happen to be in between Margot Silberstein and Donna McKechnie holding each oh. of their hands. And then, you know, we finish, and I just start laughing. And they turn to me, and they're like, why are you laughing? Like, because I just had this moment with the two of you, and right after we've seen the opening number, I have to... Book out of here to get a car to New Jersey to sing in the to carol in the rain outside of a steakhouse in Raritan. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Career highs and lows. It, it was actually a lovely gig, but we
0: did sing in the rain. Uh-huh. <laughs> but did you swing in the rain? You know, might have gotten bigger tips. You might have. You might have. <laughs> Got to think about these things. Okay, boys, thank you for joining me for my highly inappropriate holiday special. It was love- fun. It's been a pleasure to have you, as always.
1: It's good to always. be had, and if I do get had by you, I'll make sure to bring the megaphone. <laughs> Patrick's having a three-way.
0: <laughs> it's a three-way, and someone's left out. Wonder who it's going to be. <laughs>
1: it's probably me. <laughs> so get back in there, yada <laughs>
2: It's stopping the third wheel in a three-way. And then there's a cakewalk. What? <laughs> Sorry. The fucking wing.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Okay, boys. Good night. Thank you very you much.
1: Don't go change Mwah. it. Mwah. Mwah. Mwah.
0: Mwah.
5: Version. Anything
3: goes.
5: You me time game. It wouldn't matter what game you chose. I'll play high.
0: That gets you hard I love me. I'll be the queen Or I'll be the king You deal the card
1: Virgin
3: Whatever's fair The
1: boys to a choice You wouldn't ordinarily dare Some horseplay Or a
5: bit of quick be so wild, if they
1: ever arrest us, they'll never acquit us. So bind me and tie me, free me and fly me, pay up and buy me, or do something worse, as long as it's perverse. Oh, oh, oh.
6: Hello, Patrick. Hello. This is Jeff in California.
0: Hey, Pickle.
6: I wanted to give you a call here. Not sure if I really have anything too horror-related, but...
0: Uh-huh.
6: First thing off the bat, I want to again say I admire your courage for standing up, revealing the secret to all of us, and...
0: Nope. Nope, no
6: matter what, as diehard fans, we still love you. And that's as serious as I'm going to get. Okay. I uh, have a story that I wanted to share real quick. It's Ooh. an older story, but it's not really horror related. But um, I thought it was funny. My girlfriend, uh, before we moved in together, oh my god, I went Again to a theater the where she was living and she was watching a movie when I got there. And I was like, oh, what are you watching? She goes, oh, you wouldn't like it. It's this, you know, it's this movie about drag queens. Uh, And I go, well, what is it? She goes, Priscilla Queen of the Desert. I go, oh, I've heard of it. And the only reason I had heard of it is I was a huge fan of the Drew Carey show, and there was an episode where one part of the cast wanted to go see Rocky Horror, the other part showed up there for Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Anyone knows what I'm talking about. Anyway, I said, start it over. I want to see it. And now I know that probably not every gay man loves this movie you'd be wrong and you may not love the movie I don't know but you know what as a straight white male I fucking love that movie it's a great movie not only was it just fun but it had a really good message and I enjoyed that and I thought maybe you know if anyone hasn't seen it give it a watch and about you not enjoying certain things right now I get it I've been there myself where no matter what I would sit there and watch something and just have no reaction or just not enjoy it Yeah... But, uh, just know, things will turn around for you. Things will turn around for us all, I'm positive, as long as we all fight for it. We're gonna make that change that we need. Even though there shouldn't be a reason to fight for a fucking change, if everyone should get... What they need, when they need it, how they need it, no orientation or anything. I guess I got serious again there for a minute, didn't I? Anyway, yeah, let's fucking fight! Screamers, let's fucking fight. Alright, Patrick, talk to you later.
0: Da-da-da-da. You are so rocky right then A little bit of rocky little bit of normal right Okay Mr. Jet, thank you very much for calling in I apologize for not getting to this last week I did record a response to it last week And then the mixing got all fucked up And it would I, I could have fixed it then But you know what, it, it's just, the show would have been late And I can't hold up the show for you For you and your girlfriend Who you keep tossing in my face How dare you how dare I'm sure she's a lovely person. I'm sure she's a lovely person. She's got good taste in movies. I know she got good taste in movies. Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert is a fabulous movie um, for many reasons. And I, I have to say Australians have kind of cornered this market on making movies that could be interpreted as either really horribly depressing comedies or absolutely hilarious tragedies because it always walks this fine line between the two like that Muriel's wedding there's another one I can't remember what the other one is but they're really good at that kind of like how Spain is cornered the market on horror movies with either really tragic happy endings or really happy tragic endings depending on how you look at it you know what what are we talking about we talking about that what are we talking about and thank you for your support baby it does mean a lot um matter how much i uh through the call it touched me in my soft spots and one really hard one what what i'm talking about my heart i'm talking about my heart it's like a week old matzah it's just like brick you could build things with it build a house with my heart now baby because it's really hard and it's watertight what am i saying you called back holy shit what's happening
6: Hey, Patrick, Jeff in California again. And Beep. I totally forgot I did have something horror-related to no. talk
1: about. Uh,
6: so, I picked up a few weeks ago as a birthday present to myself Herpes. the Blu-ray box set of Halloween.
0: Oh, uh, um...
6: Uh, reason why I love Halloween and I'm a fucking completionist so when I can find a set to pick up I'm gonna pick it up whether it be good movies, bad movies or just shit that I enjoyed that maybe other people don't understand why I enjoy but anyway um, I was watching the documentary they had on there the night she came home about Jamie Lee Curtis's I believe it was her first time ever doing the horror convention oh yes convention. Well, well, long story short, all I know is it was at a horror hound. And all I could do the entire time because I've listened to so many podcasts, yours and uh sorry, I'm putting up some shades in my car because I just got back from doing something. Oh my god, focus. And you know, listen your podcast I believe was drunken drunken zombie, is that what those guys were? I don't remember. (laughs) They suck. I love uh Night of the Living podcast, Bloody Good Horror. I was looking for anyone that I might have recognized just from seeing their pictures. So I didn't really pay too much attention to what was going on in this little documentary. So I had to go back and try watching it again. But most of my attention was like, I wonder if I could see any of those podcast guys I know. And my girlfriend's was going, "What? why are you looking for them? I was like, because they're for friends, even though I don't really know them. This just got sad. Oh, well, that was my little story. All right. Bye, Patrick.
0: Okay, Mr. Jeff, I totally get what you're saying here because that's exactly what I would have been doing if I was watching that. I'd be looking for people that I know in the background, and you would have had to look really hard to spot me in that documentary because I haven't been to Har Hound Weekend in ages, and I was not there for Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, I miss it because it was an opportunity to meet and see all my friends from podcast land in one convenient trip. But the convent it's 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 always in Cincinnati or Indianapolis. There's no direct flights there, which means it's super expensive to get there from New York. And, and the the conventions have just gotten huge over time. I remember when they were nice little intimate events and you could actually hang out with stars and at the bar and now you really can't which is sad because it's just too many people too many autograph hungry bastards that's all you want why would you just want an autograph where you can sit in the bar and talk about ice trope ice ice truck ice road truckers whatever the hell that show is with that guy who's in everything, whose name just fell out of my head, but I don't know, he lo- one of the horror stars just loves Ice Road Truckers, so, you know, if you ever want to have a conversation with him, that's how you start it, but since I can't remember what his name is, well, I guess you're screwed, that's information that dies with me, but yeah, so that's, that, so, that's that. so if anybody wants to pay for me to go to a horror hound weekend, I'll happily go, but aside from that, it's not going to happen, and we just don't really have him here in New York. There's one in New Jersey that is always on a weekend when I have a show, so I can't go, so that sucks. But what you gonna do? What you gonna do? You can pay your god damn child support checks for our illegitimate monster baby, Jeff. That's what we could do. Does your, does your girlfriend know you have Hellspawn? That I carried in my man womb? To term whisk got Weird. Okay, Jeff, thank you for calling. I have lots of other calls to get to that aren't you because it's not all about you, believe it or not. Actually, it is. No, actually, it's all about me and then it's about you. Okay, 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 okay. Bye.
5: Hello, Patrick. Hello, Phlegm. And hello, Miss Smoochie LaRue, the cat who hates me, kind of. Yeah, well. It's Zombie Girl TJ, Hi, and I am calling in for a couple of things here, uh, one of which is to say Happy New Year. Yay! I hope you guys are warmly tucked into the apartment with um, with good plans for the New Year's Eve, yeah, well, whether that be drinking with friends, drinking alone, sleeping, going to bed early, whatever. Happy New Year. Thank you. And also to call in and say I did do my homework. As you well know, I did watch Harvest Lake. Yes, and, you did. I saw you. Um, you know, actually got it. You, you proffered it. You watched me do my homework. It was awesome. Um, I liked it. I thought it was a really well made movie for what's obviously pretty much a budget, and I really liked the actors. They were very believable. Yes. Yeah, um, you kind of got a little bit attached to them, not overly. Um, and the sex scenes were good, except for maybe that last one. Squishy. But uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers on the call here, but Squishy. it was rough. <laughs> So, yeah, good good movie all around. My only complaint really is I don't like an unresolved ending where you have to, like, fill in the blanks yourself, but that's just me. And Fair. certainly left some interpretation open for what could have happened. And that's not always a bad thing. It's just not always my favorite thing. I understand. So, yeah, uh, thanks for the recommendation. And even more so, thank you for recommending Behind the Mask, which I yes! watched while I was there. And that was... of brilliant genius wonderfulness so yeah thanks for that too you're all right gonna let you go before the time runs out bye
0: okay bye you made it yay okay tj thank you so much for calling in my perfect perfect house guest yay now there was some stuttering while i was trying to record all that like the recording your voice kept stopping and stuff, and, and so I'm hoping that doesn't come through in the in the actual recording, because that would be sucky, and I hope it's not going to do that when I'm recording the body of the episode later, because that will really piss me off, but that's really not your problem right now. That's my problem, and my shitty laptop problem. And hey, you did your homework, so gold to store! Fabulous! Twinkle, twinkle, twinkle noises, because I don't have the sound effect. Twinkle, 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 twinkle. And thank you. And, and, and what I appreciated, too, is that I caught TJ watching it, She was already a good three-quarters of the way through it when I noticed she was watching it. So it wasn't like I made her watch it while she was here. She chose to watch it of her own free will. And you're the only one who did your homework. You're the only one. Now, if you don't know what she's talking about... I gave out a homework assignment to watch Harvest Lake, which is streaming free on Amazon Prime. And if you call on your, your, your review of it, I will be so happy and I will do the Gold Star song with possibly a sound effect later on. But I can't do it right now because that's just not going to happen. Okay? Okay. Okay. Okay, okay, so thank you for calling, TJ. It was a pleasure to have you in my house. I have no idea what I'm doing for New Year's Eve, which I probably already talked about, but if I haven't, I'm talking about it now. I've got no plans. All of my friends are out of town, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But, well, we'll figure something out because that's what I do. It's what I do. And you're the coolest. Thank you. Goodbye.
5: Hello to Patrick and Slim. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy anything else that I am currently forgetting, you will...
0: I like your name.
5: I'd say Ramadan, but I don't know when that occurs. Nah, I
0: don't um,
5: just wanted to call and wish you end of your greetings. Patrick, I hope you had a lovely holiday. It was great. And uh, Slam, I hope that he made you sing The Holly and the Ivy. Uh, I just want to let you guys know that, as always, love the podcast. Why would and, you that And uh, I haven't worn a bra for two days, and I'm going to go tomorrow what? and make it three. See how long I can really stretch out this record. Hey! Talk to you later. Bye! Yeah, that last post about being brawless was from Stacy from Creepy Kitsch. I know. I'm a dipshit who forgot how voicemail works. Uh-huh. Shut up, Flam.
0: Yes, yeah, so those were two calls from Stacy that I pieced together for your listening pleasure. Now, normally, I don't listen to the voicemails before I record my responses to them, but I got the notice that I got one. And I saw it was from Stacy, and that second one in the voice to text translation that i always get it did have the word brawless prominently featured so i had to go back and make sure that she actually said brawless because the voice to text thing notoriously gets everything wrong and that's why when stacy from creepy kitch calls in it will get translated as you know stacy from creepy carrots and other fun things Like that. But no, she did indeed say braless. And well, now that Carrie Fisher has left us and as we all know she was found drowned in moonlight, strangled with her own bra, perhaps this is a good time to remain braless for safety reasons. Yeah, it's just safer and also jigglier. And who knows, you might get a role in the second nudie musical, if you keep your bra off. What am I saying? I don't know. What a terrible thing to say. Thank you for the holiday wishes. Christmas was cool. I'm sure I've already talked about it. And New Year's. Well, we'll just have to see, won't we? It will be a mystery until it happens. Then I, then it won't be a mystery because it will be happening and I will know what I'm doing because I'll either be doing it or not doing it. And Patrick is babbling, which means it is time to wrap the show up for another episode. So if you want to be like Stacy and TJ and who else was there? Oh, Jeff. If you want to be like Stacy and TJ and Jeff and call into the show and make it an even cooler experience than it was going to be anyway, by all means, pick up your phone and give me a call, 917-720-2047. Or if you prefer, you can send me an email at crew at screamqueens.com. And as always, that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens. You can find me on Twitter, at at Scream Queens. You can find me on Instagram. No tiara for you. And at Scream Queens. And, well, golly, well, just get in touch with me. Head on over to the iTunes store and leave a review for the show or on Stitcher if that's where you listen. That is a super cool way to promote the show for free. And if you do that, you may just win a valuable, fabulous prize like someone is about to right now. Yes, every show I'm going to be trying to read... A review from either the iTunes or the Stitcher Store. And if I read your review, you get a prize from the Scream Queens prize box, which is sitting in my closet. Just waiting, 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 waiting to unload all over your face. So this week's winner is Dresden Chick. Hi, Dresden Chick, and her title is THE BEST! Exclamation point. She just says, I can't believe I've been listening for years and never rated and reviewed. This show is fantastic, funny as hell, and a great time all around. Thank you, Dresden Chick. And it turns out that this was the absolute perfect time for you to leave a review because you just won something. You just won a big prize, so get in touch with me. You know how I just told you how. Call me, tweet me, send me an email, whatever. Plus, I know how to find you because, you know, I'm smart that way. So... Before I go, this being the last episode of 2016, let's just say it's been a hell of a year. A lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff, a lot of dead celebrities, a lot of dead iconic celebrities. And we got another one just today. Debbie Reynolds just left us. My Charlotte. That's how I first know her. That's how I'll always remember. Everyone's like, what? You don't remember from Singing in the Rain? Yes, I do. God damn it. I'm a gay homosexual who loves musicals. But I knew her first as Charlotte from Charlotte's Web. And you can't take that away from me. So, yeah, she taught me that spiders aren't always gross and, you know, cannibalistic and gross and stuff. But you know what? It is the holidays. It's the end of the year. It's time for all of us to pull together a little bit, maybe a little bit of introspection and, you know, hold those of us who are dear to us just a little bit closer. Maybe let somebody know. How much they mean to you. Someone that you might not normally do. Don't do it in like a way that they freak out. But just let them know that they're appreciated. Because you never know when someone's just going to poof be gone. And that's not okay. That's not okay. They deserve to know. God damn it. And with the world going to hell, you better tell him pretty quickly because we can get blown off the map by China at any second. So, well, hey, that'll put an end to dead celebrities, won't it? That just took a weird turn mm-hmm. that I did not expect. Well, welcome to the goddamn Scream Queen show. I'm going out just as confused and nutso and erratic as I went in because that's the way God made me God damn it. So, coming up on the calendar, and I'm actually ahead of it this time. I'm actually seeing it coming. Which I don't normally do for these things, but next up for the next episode, guess what time of year it is, kids? It's the beginning of 2017, Mr. Patrick. Well, that's right, weird little British boy who just wandered in here from somewhere. No, but that is correct. But no, that is not the right answer because it is time for another Friday the 13th Spectacular. And this time I'm going, I've made it all the way through, kids. There's no more after this. I'm finally doing the remake and well you're going to find out how i feel about that and how you, i'll find out how you feel about that soon enough but yes yeah, so prepare accordingly and i'm lining up some guests for the second show in january so stay tuned for more details about that and of course keep an eye on those feeds the facebook the twitter the blog page to see what i'm going to be doing these 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 little Public screenings, these little group screenings just for us, just little little club screenings of fun movies that we could talk about together for a change because let's be social. Let's let's all be cool like that. And so From me and Smoochie here at Scream Queens Headquarters, I wish you nothing but the best for this holiday season and for 2017 and everything after that to you and all of yours. Because you know what? You're pretty fucking fabulous. How do I know that? Because you're listening to me. That's how I know. Nah, I kind of knew it anyway. Look, just look at you. Go look in the mirror. You're fucking fabulous. Don't argue with me. Trust me, I see it in you. You're amazing. So, until next time. Until next year, goddammit. My beautiful, beautiful screamers. Continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember... For the love of God, that Scream Queen's golden rule, fight or flight, survive the night, make it through the final reel, baby. Happy New Year My balls just dropped.
5: Bye. I am hunting for witches.